Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, September 28th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Let Tim host Bless. So excited to be here with you on this beautiful Thursday. Tim, how are you doing this week? It's been I'm a doing, while. It's been a while. Doing real good. You know, um, last week we had a bunch of guests on Games Daily. They all crushed it, so I didn't get to do the show with you. And then this week, I don't remember what happened, but something happened, and I wasn't on the show with you. But here I am now. We've just just redone the schedule. We're now, on Mondays, it's you and Greg. That's what it is. I miss that Monday energy. Bless. Yeah. Me and but you starting the week, week off right. Yeah, we close no, the week back great. to back. It's the exciting back. thing where Thursday I get to host, Friday you get to host, and so you're All right. the double dosage. But it's like different flavors of the double dosage. It's you guys, really you guys have more of a weekend vibe for sure. So you guys like leading into the weekend. That's that. That's a good idea right there for sure. And honestly, Thursdays I'll say is usually a, a decent news day. Right. Yeah. I feel like Mondays, Mondays, you sometimes get great news, but then other times it's like, all right, people are just like getting their gears turning to then break the news on Tuesday. I feel yeah. like Thursdays, we get like a nice medium to maybe exciting news day. And then on Friday, we're just kicking it, hanging out, having a good time because it's Friday. Mondays are usually like the best news days, but not because of the news on Monday. It's like all of the news that we didn't get to cover from Friday from afternoon on. And the problem is, though, that usually if news drops on the weekend, it's rarely good news. Oh, it's yeah. usually shenanigans going on that need to be talked about and exposed well, Tim, to the world. There's a shenanigan going on today that mm-hmm. needs to be talked about and exposed to the world. Shenanigans like Google Stadia officially shutting down, PlayStation Stars rewarding you with better customer support, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you in the lead up to the new studio launch we'll be hosting a kind of funny town hall today at 11 a.m pacific time right after this episode of kind of funny games daily uh, we'll go over the op- the upcoming programming changes uh patreon updates and other exciting things that will go into effect on october 1st uh, that's happening over on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh, and then speaking of kind of funny games, there is a new kind of funny games cast that is up right now, all about Destiny 2 and whether it's worth jumping back in. Uh, that is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe. And let me tell you, after that episode of kind of funny games, uh, kind of funny games cast later that, that night, 
I did indeed boot up Destiny 2, and I did it was your destiny. play with Joey Noel, and we uh, hopped back into the, I believe it was the Witch Queen, the Witch Queen campaign, so, hey, it's the it's my destiny, I'm back in, I'm, I'm thinking I'm back, I appreciate yes. it, Tim. good. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady, today we're brought to you by NZXT and Uplift, but we'll tell you about that later for now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have nine stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Google is shutting down Stadia. I'm reading from Jay Peters and Alex Kranz at The Verge. Google is shutting down Stadia, its cloud gaming service. The service will remain live for players until January 18th, 2023. Google will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchased through the Google Store, as well as, the, as, well as all the games and add-on content purchased from the Stadia Store. Google expects those re refunds will be completed in mid-January. Quote, a few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia, as Stadia Vice President and GM Phil Harrison said in a blog post. He continues, and while Stadia's approach to streaming games for, for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, that we've expected. so we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service, end quote. Employees on the Stadia team will be distributed to other parts of the company. Harrison says Google sees opportunities to apply Stadia's technology to other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play, and its AR efforts. And the company also plans to, quote, make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed, he wrote. Tim Geddes. I feel like for anyone who can read tea leaves, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. if, you're, if, you're, uh -huh. if you're tea leaf literate out there. I feel like you could have seen this one coming, but Tim, now that we're actually reading the official news that Google Stadia is, is shutting down, how does this hit you? I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. It's like we all saw it coming, and it was inevitable that at some point this news was going to hit, and we were going to cover it on this very show, and that's what we're doing today, bless. Uh, yes. Google shutting down Stadia, not a surprise. Giving refunds to all the people just purchased through Google Store. I imagine it would be impossible uh, to do that across every store and all that stuff, but that's a that's good. That's potentially losing them a lot, a of, lot money, of money, right? Like pretty uh, much all investment. the revenue, uh, mo uh, most of the revenue I imagine that they made from google stadia they're probably losing by giving those refunds i mean it, it is only refunds for the google store purchases so i wonder like you got to think how many people are actually even gonna do the refund and then on top of that like it is just a limited pool of the the people but how many people bought stadia to begin with i, I imagine most of the stadia install base uh got the system maybe not install base yeah i guess it still would be install base even if you're not playing the thing i feel like most people that have stadia got it from some type of deal where it was like oh you get this thing free or like hey for ten dollars more if you're buying this other google home shit you get this because like they were just legitimately giving them away for so long um but yeah not surprising to get here but i will say it's a bummer i think that what they were doing is very important for video games and for the future of technology and all this somebody had to be first it was google and they definitely did not do it right uh but they set the stage for what we've seen with nvidia with the geforce now and what we've seen uh with xcloud and everything that microsoft's doing and i think that it's important for people to push these boundaries and to try to get the infrastructure there and that of all people it should have been Google to make it work, but it wasn't their time. So now hopefully this tech can be shared around and used for creating opportunities that can get it right 
when it's when it is ready and when the infrastructure is there for everyone to be able to to play and have the the internet quality that we have here in the bay area i just read an article yesterday talking about how the google fiber tests have been going extremely well and like even in parts of kansas they're getting upwards of 10 gig up 10 gig down and it's like jesus if we can just get that going everywhere that would be game over and it would just allow so much more uh to be done tech wise and you know the work that the stadia team did is going to be built on uh, eventually but sad to see this happen but yeah it was inevitable i want to bring this bring in this question from nano of course nano wrote in at patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says stadia is officially dead gone but not forgotten it's going to the big cloud databank in the sky my question is, even though we all kind of saw this coming, given Google's track record, what could they have done differently to have made Stadia a success? Was this doomed from the start all the way all the way to now, seeing as how it was it was still missing promised launch features like YouTube save integration? Thanks, Nano. And for me, for me, my answer to this starts from that last part of, hey, if it launched and worked as intended and as advertised, I think we could maybe be seeing a different um, a different story for Stadia. Because I remember that that launch stream they did, right? That event where the, it was them giving you the pitch. Hey, this is what Google Stadia is. This is, and this is what it's, what is exciting about it. And some of the things they pitched was that YouTube stuff, right? Of, hey, you could be watching your favorite YouTuber playing a game and then click a button and all of a sudden you're picking up from their save and you are going, and, and you're going ahead with it. You could be watching a trailer for a video game and all of a sudden click one button and immediately you're playing a demo for that video game. I don't think any of that stuff came to fruition in a way that at the very least made it exciting and accessible uh, in, in the way that I think the, one of the promises of Stadia was the accessibility of it. Hey, it's on your Chrome browser. Hey, you can start up a game in two seconds and be in it, right? I don't think that worked as intended. I also remember one of the things that they talked about being the fact that, hey, Google Stadia, we're not limited by a box, right? We're not just a console sitting in your home. In fact, Google Stadia is as powerful as five Xbox Ones smushed together. I don't know if that was the exact verbiage of it, but it was something along the lines of I think of you like, nailed it, actually, word for word, yeah. Yeah, like you tape together five Xbox Ones, boom, that's Google Stadia, and it's going to be that powerful. I don't think we ever saw the promise of what the power of Google Stadia um, could have been, given that these are games running off of a server farm somewhere in California. You know, I would have loved to see a Stadia exclusive that looked like a PlayStation 6 game or even a PlayStation 5 game for that matter. But we never got something that was of that ilk because when you're talking about Google Stadia and when you're talking about the realities of um, game development, devs don't want to make something exclusive to a platform that doesn't have a great install base. You know, like Cyberpunk, let me not use Cyberpunk as an example. Uh, The next Assassin's Creed game is going to come out on Xbox and PlayStation, right? And so with that being the case, are you going to put in all this extra development to make the Google Stadia version shine in all these crazy um, extravagant ways? No, you're just going to port it to Stadia the way it, the way it looked on PlayStation and Xbox because that's where the install base is, right? The install base is on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and these other platforms. Uh, and so I don't think we ever saw the power of Stadia get pushed in that way. And I don't even know if it could have, right? I don't think we ever got the answer of, Hey, is it really that strong? Like, could we really take it there? Nobody really, I I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody really tested that. And I think seeing that promise maybe would have pushed the the bar a little bit in terms of people actually being a bit interested in what Stadia had to offer. I think for me, not seeing that promise is a big part of why Google Stadia didn't take off. And then on the other hand, also, the fact that it, it wasn't a subscription service. 
you know, having to buy games piecemeal on Stadia, I think, was the wrong move, especially given to uh, what you're seeing right now with some of these streaming services, right? You look at Xbox xCloud, and xCloud is working off of Game Pass, and guess what? The promise of being able to, let's say, open my phone or open my Samsung uh, smart TV, if it's at least the 2022 version, being able to open the xCloud app, scroll through this library of games that I already own, and being able to, to jump in from my save that's already on my console, that right there is huge. And Google Stadia didn't have that, right? Buying games piecemeal for Google Stadia, I think, uh, was just not not the move for it uh, either. Um, but Tim, like, do you think there's anything Google Stadia could have done to 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 become more successful? Yeah, when it comes to these type of things, it, it it's a, always a combination of, in my opinion, two of the most important factors. One being what's your story, and one being how are you meeting the audience where they are. And I feel like both of those things need to align um, and be an exciting proposition in order for people to actually want to make a move and purchase the product to be a part of the ecosystem and all of that. And I think that Google had the story of, hey, we're trying to do something different. We're, it's going to be cloud-based gaming. Other companies have done it before, tried it before uh, with things like OnLive or GOG um, in different ways. But they're like, we're Google. This is how we're going to do it. But I think where they... Uh, made the mistake was they had the story down but the meeting the people where they were they totally fumbled i think that they went a little too hard even with the amount of promises and the amount of features they were showing off of like the watching a, a youtube video being able to play right away anytime you see a feature that you're like oh, that's kind of cool but like i would never ever ever do that that's not great because that's showing that like you're speaking to the gamers and the gamers are like huh you're adding extra features that we're not asking for. And it reminds me a lot of like looking at the PlayStation and it's like, hey, we, we want folders. And instead they're like, yeah, well, you're getting stars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things like that <laughs> where it's like, I know it's not one to one, but it feels that way. And I think that uh, when your your launch proposition is more bells and whistles than it is the actual functionality. And yeah. in this case it is, oh, so you're telling me if I buy Assassin's Creed on whatever system I can play it on, on Stadia? No. That's not what you're telling me. Oh, okay. It's not a subscription service. Oh, it's not what would make sense if you didn't know what this was and someone tried explaining it to you for the first time. That's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like people should understand what it is after they get the, the pitch. So I think that that's kind of where they they made their first major misstep uh, in terms of marketing Stadia. And then I just think that the world evolved so quickly. Like to look back to when Stadia launched in whatever it was, 2016, 17, and then to look at where we've gotten in the last five years, just talking about cloud-based stuff, just talking about subscription-based things. Look at Game Pass now compared to Game Pass then, right? Like oh, there's yeah. been so many advancements and you add on xCloud on top of that and all that. It's like Microsoft is doing what I just said, which is they have the story and they are meeting the audience where they're at and giving them a product that's going to work how they expect it to work. Oh, yeah. I mean, even PlayStation Now, right? Like PlayStation Now is, a, is another service that has had a marketing problem and has had issues getting off the ground. But And I, I think that a lot of that has been fixed quite a bit with the revamp of PlayStation Plus and all that. But even PlayStation Now back then at least had a better idea of where the space needed to be than what where Google Stadia started at. Because now, now was before Stadia and now had the subscription service type thing of, hey, here's a library of games. A lot of that was, I, a lot of the library I don't think was worthwhile. And I think a lot of the sales pitch of PlayStation Now, again, wasn't worthwhile and the cost of it and all that stuff. But at least they're on the right track in a way that I feel like Google Stadia could have looked at to some degree and went, 
okay, no, this is what we need to do. We need to figure out how to how to make this about the monthly subscriptions or the yearly the yearlies or whatever, right? As opposed to the the piece the, the piecemeal of it. And yeah, Tim, I think you're one hundred percent right in terms of meeting people where, where they're at, right? And the in the the features being more about the quality of the features rather than quantity and like throwing in just random features that people aren't asking for because we're going to get into playstation stars in a second but yeah it reminds me a lot of playstation stars where you read the feature list of stadia and i'm like all right but do i need this do i want to use this like i look at amazon luna even couch i'm like yeah okay couch is cool couch is a novel thing that i i that even on our streams i've been somewhat impressed by i look at nvidia geforce now and a lot of people have had really good things to say about geforce now um i feel like other every other streaming service has had at least some tidbit where i'm like okay, you know, at least this is something that I feel like is valuable uh, to the space, whereas Stadia, I don't think had much of that. Stadia felt like it was another Google project that they just wanted to to throw out there because they had a vision that wasn't fully fleshed, but they, they're Google and they have the technology to do it. So let's try it out because we have the means to do it, but not fully flesh it out. And this reminds me a lot of Steam, where in 2011, 2012, something like that, Steam was like, we're going to do Steam machines. You're going to be able to have a PC, essentially, that you can hook up to a TV and have Steam in your living room. And that's a perfect example of it didn't work out. It didn't catch on to the mainstream that they were trying, or mainstream of gaming, that they were uh, trying to reach because the the gaming PC ecosystem wasn't ready to uh, support that, essentially, back then. Whereas now, it's a very different thing when people think of Steam it, indies are just as important as anything else but people are also playing all those other games so then the steam deck comes along and that actually has a proposition that is meeting gamers where they're at in a world where yep. people understand what the switch is and it is speaking loud and clear to a core audience of you want to play these indies and some AAA games in bed when you're just not at your uh, computer you're not at your your living room doesn't matter and they spoke loudly to that audience and now I'm everyone that, that has one loves it yeah, I got I got one. Let me tell you, I played so many hours of inscription in bed this last weekend, and it was fantastic. And I could not recommend the Steam Deck enough. But Tim, earlier I mm-hmm. said we'll talk about PlayStation Stars in a second. Let's talk about PlayStation Stars right now. Let's do it. Story number two: PlayStation Stars loyalty program currently offers better customer service as a reward. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Sony's PlayStation Stars loyalty program is offering better customer support to those at a higher reward tier. As reported by VGC, those using the service after its launch in Japan today, uh, September 29th, have complained that those on the customer services fourth or yeah, those on the services, excuse me, fourth tier get improved customer support. Users can move up tiers by, by buying games from the PlayStation Store and earning trophies, effectively meaning that those with more money will receive better support from Sony. Quote, when contacting PlayStation customer support, you will be given priority in the chat order, the reward list uh, reads, uh, and getting there requires users to first buy four games from the PlayStation Store and earned 128 rare trophies. Those who've done so will therefore be able to speak with PlayStation's, uh, PlayStation's customer support ahead of those who've spent less money, something that has some users upset. It's not guaranteed that this PlayStation Stars award will arrive uh, with the North American, European, and other versions of the service, but Sony hasn't indicated that anything will be different between regions. The reward program will also give players the likes of PlayStation Store wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products alongside a series of virtual collectibles. Tim, we did it. All right. Me and you, the PlayStation mm-hmm. faithful, the yeah. Greg Millers out there. If we have a PlayStation problem, we get the direct call customer support. We All got these brokies out here get to fucking struggle yeah. with their, their PlayStation 5 gets the yellow line of death. Good fucking luck out there. Figure All right. I'm first in line. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is such a, a a misstep that didn't need to happen, and I'm sure they are kicking themselves like, oh, this just does not sound good when you talk about it. Like, and this is such a perfect example of like best laid plans. Like, they meant for this to be a nice, cool thing to make people happy, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh man, it's gonna upset a lot of people. A, a thing yeah. to keep in mind: they're talking. It's better customer service as a word. Technically, it's just quicker customer service you know i mean some Which, might say it's the same thing quicker is yeah better. that's that that's that is a that's a good good call there but i don't know playstation stars man it probably should have uh baked a little bit longer before getting taken out of the oven you know it's like this is the type of thing of i don't think we've ever talked about playstation stars and not started from a place of snark right it's oh, like they've yeah. never given us any reason to like have anything positive to say so when things like this happen it's just like oh god y'all y'all kind of fucked up uh ronald in the youtube chat says brokey's callback later and i love the idea of like some just regular playstation 5 user out there calling playstation being like hey man my, my dual sense it has the drift um i've heard this is a problem can you help me play and then like the person on the other line being like hey hold on i gotta put you on hold the one percent of the playstation owners they've they're on the line i gotta give them priority and so get your money up while i take this other call and then hanging up the phone on them Get on you, PlayStation Star. I, I, I want PlayStation Stars to be good. Is the other is the is the of course? Too. Why wouldn't you? Like a great version of PlayStation Stars would be hype as hell. Are you kidding me? Like a, a reward system that is, hey, you get tro- hey for the, for the more trophies you get, for the more games you play, you can get really cool. Uh, the the term digital collectible isn't fun, but if it was like a PlayStation Home, like you are decorating apartment, or even a profile picture, or like something to display on your profile for your friends to see right like i think there could be promise there or even like discounts on on games for the amount of platinums you get stuff like that is exciting stuff like that i think can be cool it's just every single every single feature they talk about goes back to our stadia thing of hey is this a quality feature is this something that is actually meeting the audience in a place where they want to be is this something that they want to do or is it something that you're adding in just to say hey you have all these features that you can stack up that you know might be worthwhile because of the amount of them but in reality aren't worthwhile uh it's upsetting it's upsetting i wish it was better yeah i wish it was better too and like this is one of those examples of this is normal like so many different companies do things like this with loyalty programs where you get to skip the line uh because you've uh, support more in whatever way and so it's like I, I don't think it's that weird it's just more of like a you need wins for things to not be weird unless you're airlines and you just don't give a shit and you just keep charging more for things that used to not charge for but uh it sounds like a very specific thing you're referencing here oh i mean oh it's a million specific things but like Mm. back in my day you didn't need to pay for every single bag you're bringing on like united now these days are like hey man no you gotta pay extra just to to actually get a seat otherwise you have to stand there the whole time uh Mm. but with playstation it's like i i feel like they need to at least have something exciting about stars there has to be one thing that makes us go all right i like that right now they don't have that you just get these nfts that are actually fungible <laughs> these fun the, the fts they're just, they're yeah. just you, don't want, you don't want the fungible tokens of uh of this ps3 i don't know man i got them in a in an astro that's the thing is like in some context yeah in the context of astro for sure <laughs> give me the fungible ps3 because it's cool because i get to like play as Astro and hop all over the PS3 and then like press the button and it like pops out and then I get a trophy. Like there, there are contexts in which give me f- fungible fucking images or whatever. Like, you know, these cool digital collectibles. 
I think can be fun and can be exciting. It's just the way in which they're the 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 context in which they're presenting it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm gonna earn this digital thing of a PS3 that's gonna be in a menu somewhere that a friend can maybe like click over to my profile and then search for it and then see that I got a PS3. All right, cool. I don't know. It, it's there are so many better ways to do this, and I'm I'm kind of waiting on the exciting on the exciting elements of it. But maybe maybe it's a learning thing, right? Maybe it is like a lot of PlayStation things. Honestly, you start from ground zero and go, cool, launch it, and then we'll figure out the cool we'll shit figure later. Figure it out. Yeah, because that's what PlayStation does. You know, we get the they put out the PS5. Guess what? The PS5 doesn't have folders, and then a year later, they're like, hey, here's this thing that kind of resembles folders that isn't folders. We'll get folders eventually, but for now, let's do this, right? Here's not in themes. You'll get themes in year four of the PS5, maybe. You know, that's what PlayStation does, and maybe they'll do that with PlayStation Stars, too. But I digress. Let's hop in to story number three. Saudi Arabia says it'll spend $13 billion to acquire a leading game publisher. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Saudi Arabia will invest a further $37.8 billion in the games industry, including around $13 billion to acquire a, quote, leading game uh, publisher, end quote, according to state news. The investments will reportedly be made via the country's Savvy Games Group, which is owned by Sovereign Wealth Fund PIF, as it aims to become a global hub for gaming, a state news agency SPA said on Thursday via Reuters. The investments will reportedly include 70 billion reals uh, to take minority stake in several key companies that support Savvy's game development agenda, and 50 billion reals to acquire a, quote, leading game publisher to become a strategic development partner, end quote. PIF, which is a sovereign wealth fund chaired by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, uh, has invested in numerous game developers in recent years. That includes this year's purchase of a 5.01% stake in Nintendo, which Nintendo subsequently uh, claimed it first learned from, or subsequently first uh, claimed it first learned fr uh, about from news reports, uh, and then 5% stakes in Capcom and Nexon, and billions invested in stock for Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, Embracer, and Take Two. Saudi Arabia officials have said the investments will help modernize the kingdom, but they have come with a, a negative fallout due to the country's highly criticized human rights abuses. Tim, $13 billion to acquire a leading game publisher. Anytime you start talking about numbers that involve like multiple tens of billions, because they're talking here about an, a further $37.8 billion you know something shady's going on like that once the numbers get that high you're like what the hell is going on here and anytime saudi arabia comes up there's also that 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 starting point of like hmm hmm yeah. when's this gonna get bad you know and i feel like combining that with the numbers that we're talking about it's like all right it's gonna get bad sooner than later isn't it yeah and i mean 13 billion dollars that's not <laughs> obviously that's not a small amount of money Right, like when you say thirteen billion dollars, like to put it in context, uh, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition that was somewhere in like the sixty billions, right? Like a sixty-nine billion dollars, nice. Uh, and so when you're talking about thirteen billion, listen, I'm not an analyst, but that sounds like Ubisoft money to me. <laughs> you know, that sounds like that tier of publisher money to me. So I'm like, oh man, who's about to get acquired by Saudi Arabia here, and what is that going to do to that publisher, or if does anything change that publisher? Because they did acquire SNK. And that was what at the top of the year. Nothing much has happened with SNK yet, but yeah, I don't know. It's always a fascinating thing to follow because stories like this don't happen that much in the games industry, right? Like obviously acquisitions happen, all that stuff, but it's never really like a specific country is like, yo, 
we're taking over. Like we want we want to now have a big presence in the games industry. So we're gonna buy up all these things. We're gonna buy SNK. We're gonna invest in Nintendo. Um, and so I'm curious to see if the ramifications of this are things that actually change the ways in which these companies operate, or if it's purely a Ah oh, man, you know Saudi Arabia, and specifically um, the um, I've already forgotten his name. Um, somewhere in this article, Bin Mohammed Sin Mohammed Bin Salman, right? Like he is related to human rights stuff, right? He has, he's the one that got, um, I believe, a, a reporter essentially murdered, uh, and like having Be, that beheaded specific beheaded, yeah, and having that be connected to oh yeah by the way he owns snk he owns all this stake and all these video game companies there's like a you know like just in that alone that again i don't know what to do with a lot of this right like this is real world news that spans beyond what we usually get to cover on kind of funny games daily um and that throws in a lot of like murky waters in there right and green grayer areas in there of like what can i support what can i not support um but it's one to keep an eye on at the very least i mean definitely because 13 billion dollars like you're right they're talking a leading game publisher there aren't many leading game publishers that 13 billion sounds right for it and it is the big dogs right and there aren't that many big dogs left because they all keep eating each other so yeah we'll keep an eye on this one for sure and tim i'm gonna do something i usually don't do on this show and i'm going to mute the notifications from slack because let me tell you i've been getting hella slacks from the ps i love you slack channel Greg is trying to figure out a topic of the show. If I seem distracted, it's because there's uh, left and right in my ears is the, yeah, the, like that, like, like that triple sound <laughs> from, from Slack. And so I'm muting that. And as I do that, I want to take you guys on a journey to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors. We are huge fans of NZXT here at Kind of Funny. And I got to say, these monitors, they're Andy Cortez approved, Kevin Coelho approved, and Tim Gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits. That sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance. They're available in 27-inch and 32-inch curved displays. Variable refresh rate support for all of the major GPUs. They provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre. You can get the monitor just alone. You can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts. There's built-in software support with NZXT Cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your PC. No need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings. They thought of it all. It's sold exclusively on NZXT.com. You can learn more about the NZXT Canvas gaming monitors at NZXT.co slash kind of funny that's nzxt.co slash kinda funny shout out to uplift for sponsoring this episode i've been using my uplift desk for well over a year now i love the thing so much i decided to write a rap song for them the build quality is real good it's made of real high quality wood they didn't ask for it i just did it anyway getting my uplift desk immediately improved my mood whenever i'm on shows i'm standing up i'm feeling a lot more energetic and also i kind of feel like i was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day i would move my legs up i'd sit underneath my legs on my chair and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me choose from laminate whiteboard bamboo solid wood butcher block or even custom solid wood or laminate 
options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just gonna give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15 year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you wanna do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. Tim, I, I clicked mute on the Slack channel, on the PS okay, Slack good. channel. And Probably. when I did that, the channel just disappeared from my entire Slack. So I don't know what that's about, mm. but you know, I might need to ask you for help after this episode. No, not me. Now you're not a part of PS I Love You anymore. That's how that works. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just deleted myself from the show. Oh, unfortunate. I'll just rest this afternoon. Story number four, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, is coming to PC next month. This is Ryan Leston at IGN. A leak has confirmed PlayStation-exclusive Sackboy A Big Adventure is coming to PC on October 27th, 2020. This is 2023. It says next month in the title. I'm going to assume they meant 2022 here. According to an official trailer, which seems to have published early by Sony's Latin America YouTube account, the recent Sackboy game will be headed to PC next month after previously only being available on, on PS4 and PS5. The tra trailer also confirms that the PC version of Sackboy Big Adventure will support 4K, 120 FPS, uh, 21 by 9 ultra-wide monitors, NVIDIA DLSS, and VRR. An official announcement is likely to be on its way soon. Uh, and very soon after they posted this story, let me tell you, the official announcement came. Uh, tw on Twitter, PlayStation announced that Sackboy Big Adventure is coming to PC on October 27th, and then they, they uh, post the trailer with all the details in there. But hell yeah, we did it. We did it, man. I, I love this. I love PlayStation games coming to PC. I love that it's getting all the way, quote unquote, down to Sackboy. How fucking dare uh, you? <laughs> but Sackboy was a launch gem. All the way up to Miles Morales and Spider-Man, which I honestly never thought we were going to get on PC. I'm very impressed that they actually pulled that off. And I think that it shows that they are really trying to get their entire library and any games they have access over there. We'll get Bloodborne one day, Andy. Don't worry. I don't think we will. I don't know how. Oh, we will. We will. Bloodborne, I we mean, will. Like, this goes back to the NVIDIA leak. Sackboy Big Adventure was one of the ones that was prominent on that leak. Bloodborne, nowhere to be found on that yeah. leak. Yeah, but I mean, Miles Morales Andy, wasn't on the leak either. But, you but know? That's, it, that's Andy's argument, right? Because it's not on the leak, that means it's not just getting a port. It's getting a full-on remake. Yeah, which I still think is insane but also you know like maybe there's something there maybe we could get some like director's cut or something maybe it isn't just a bloodborne port to pc um but i my other thing too is like there's not proof of the pc aspect of it i think now if we do get a bloodborne re-release or like read something of some sort they're gonna uh, release it playstation exclusive first we're not getting the pc version until one or two years after that that's the way playstation works yeah they're, totally they're people over there they they are, but I, I love that they're they're clearly focusing on this stuff. We have Uncharted coming out soon ish, right? Um, so like that's exciting as well. But good for them actually making sure that these the PC stuff's working the way that it should with DLSS, VRR, all that. Like good for them. Hell yeah. Tim, that's not all for PlayStation PC news. Story oh. number five. Speaking of PlayStation PC games, Returnal for PC seemingly leaks again and includes DLSS and ray trace shadows. This is Kat Bailey at IGN. Footage of Returnal on PC appeared to leak earlier today, seemingly confirming that Housemark's roguelite will be joining Sony's other first-party releases on the platform. The leaked footage first appeared on Icon Era after being uploaded to YouTube, showing off the options and customization of the PC version, including Ray Trace Shadows, Reflections, DLSS, and FSR. The footage was pulled by Sony not long after. 
Assuming the footage is real, it shows that Returnal will receive significant enhancements over the PS5 release, which favored frame rate over pure visual fidelity. Sony has yet to officially announce a PC version of Returnal, but it seems very likely given the recent pipeline that includes Spider-Man, God of War, and Horizon Zero Dawn, and also the fact that I'm pretty sure Returnal is also on the NVIDIA uh, leaks as well. And so we're going to get this, and it's a matter of time before we get this. It's just a matter of like when PlayStation is going to finally talk about it and finally actually give us a release date. But this is another exciting one. I have two things to say about this. One, I can't imagine how many heads Andy Cortez is going to click in this. Can you fucking imagine him? He's going to return his little oh ass off. Oh, my God, off. yeah. He's going to return off, like crazy. I, I'm shocked that we haven't already seen Andy Cortez click heads in this because I could have sworn this already happened. <laughs> I could have sworn that this <laughs> the Returnal came to PC earlier this year, but I guess that was just DLC. There uh, was the, the DLC. DLC. Yeah, yeah that came out earlier this year, out. the Returnal Ascension. And yeah. then also, it has been leaking like crazy. Like, with the amount of Returnal PC leaks, you would have thought that it came to PC already. Yeah, definitely and did. That's, and honestly, it's an exciting time where that's where I'm at with the PlayStation stuff. Where You just expect you, it's there. When you said Uncharted, I was like, Uncharted is already on PC, right? And I thought about it, I'm like, wait, maybe it's not on PC. <laughs> like, maybe it just came to consoles. No, they announced it for PC, and then, uh, but it didn't share the, the same release date as the PS5. I think it's coming out within the next month, though. That sounds about right. We got God of War for PC at the top of the year. What happened was, I think Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, whatever, came out in January. And also God of War PC came out in January, both in the same month. And so you kind of conflate the two. But hell yeah, I love that PlayStation is doing this. I love that we're seeing more of these games on PC, um, especially for the Andy Cortezes of the world out there that want to just click heads in these games. Um, good on you. And also for the Mies of the world who want to replay some of these games on Steam Deck like it did for God of War 2018. Let me tell you, that was a great way to do it. I didn't wipe my Steam Deck before I showed it to the camera. I'm sorry, everybody. Let me God, wipe it real so quick. I see all your thumbprints on oh, thumbprints. I know. People get, people get mad. It's a touchscreen, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch the screen. Touch it, dude. I don't it like still using has the, the touchscreen. I don't like using it for the Switch either. It freaks me out. You don't? Yeah, no. You're, you're I not playing my, all those Then I see my thumbprints on it, and it's gross. Yeah, well, that's what it's for, though. Why would they make it a touchscreen if they don't want you to touch it? I've been playing Mario Brothers 5 last. Yeah? Oh, man, I was thinking about, I almost booted it up last night because I started watching Dahmer. And I was like, I need something, I need some levity while I'm yeah. watching the show. So maybe I should play Super Mario Brothers 5 while I'm watching Dahmer. Uh, and then I got a, there was a Slack from Joy being like, hey, I'm on Destiny. And I was like, oh. I re-downloaded I Mario I Maker 2 I yesterday. I didn't have time to, to load uh, Super Mario Brothers 5 into it, but it's downloaded, Tim. I'm excited to get into it. Hell it's a yeah. lot of fun. As a heads up, Briar, because I didn't realize this until it was too late. You can't download the world. It upset me. You have to just play it online. And so uh, you don't really, so you don't really gotta prep anything. I don't it's know. So like, because you can download levels, right? In mm. Mario Maker. I'm not You just can't download that. the like world collections. Like gotcha. it as a game, you can't do, which is really which is dumb. Can you can you WND can you at least favorite it or something? So I'm not like yes. having to search for it every time. Okay, that's fine. But I the UI is a little bit confusing because when I favorited it, great. it seemed like I was favoriting the creator. So I don't, I gotcha. honestly don't know if I favorited it or not, <laughs> but I know, I, I know I have access to it. And so there's that, but it is from the little bit of it I played pretty good, pretty good. My one really? critique with it so far is that the levels are a little bit long in the first couple worlds. I'm like, oh, I love it though. Because yeah, I, I associate Mario with the shorter levels. I like shorter level Mario. I'm a Mario three boy. Yeah, but this fix the problems. Length. Tim talking about Super Mario Brothers Five makes it seem like he's high as hell right now. Just I love it, bro. I, mean, I love it. Dude. He's on that, on that good content, man. It's that good, that, good. That that good, good. That is Super Mario Brothers Five. Uh, speaking of good, good, limited run. They got some of that good, good. They're publishing books now. This comes yeah, from they Holly are. Reynolds at Nintendo Life. 
Who are they? They being Jared Petty and Jeremy Parrish. Uh, Limited Run Games has announced that it has launched a book publishing imprint called Press Run, which aims to bring gaming-related books to the masses, including retrospectives, encyclopedias, and more. Led by gaming experts Jeremy Parrish of 1UP Network, US Gamer, IGN, and Retronauts, and then Jared Petty, formerly of IGN, kind of funny, and Electronic Arts, Press, One, Press Run will look to launch at least one book per month, starting today with SNES Works 1991 and Virtual Boy Works from Jeremy Parrish, alongside the History of Sunsoft Volume 1 from Stefan Ganser. Uh, future releases include NES Works 1987 from Jeremy Parrish and PlayStation, a retrospective from the GameSpike crew. I love this. Yep. I'm this takes me back Jared to the right now. This takes me back to the boss fight books uh, uh, run where it was, hey, here's just a bunch of games or a bunch, bunch of books named after games you love. And it is writers writing about whatever. Uh, and like, I always, I always love stuff like that. Like that. I would always, I always buy these books and then I don't read them. I put them on a coffee table or like a bookshelf that I have and I let people look at them. Oh, hell yeah. You got one of the boss fight books right there. The Silent Hill 2 book. Yeah. I, I only have the finest works around me. And then you, of course, you have the Sonic Two <laughs> movie physical edition. I, I, one of my biggest regrets is not picking up the Shadow of the Colossus book when I was at Pink Gorilla uh, one time when I still lived in Seattle. I like looked at it and I was like, oh, cool, the Shadow of the Colossus book. And for whatever reason, I don't know what brain fart I had. Like, I just didn't pick it up. Maybe I was poor. <laughs> Maybe I didn't have the money. But like, I looked at, it, I was like, oh, cool, the Shadow of the Colossus book. And then I went along my business, didn't buy anything. I should have got that Shadow of the Colossus. That's great. Book. That was yeah. that written by Nick Sutner, who we had on. Uh gamescast when we reviewed the remake of shadow of the colossus hell yeah and he came on and talked it was great hell yeah tim when are you, when are you writing a book <laughs> not for you tim when are you Me, writing read? no oh man man come on bro <laughs> come on man i'm too busy playing super mario brothers 5 i'll play mario brothers I'm 5 dude. i should no it's all good stones and glass houses either no I'll it's all good uh, uh one of the first books that i did read and i read it many times because it was a choose your own adventure book so i wanted every possible outcome it was uh a super mario brothers book actually where oh. it was like luigi trying to find mario but it wasn't mario's missing it it was something different uh. but yeah. Those are my favorite uh, Goosebumps books, the Choose Your Own Adventure ones. They're cool. They're dope. But yeah, so I have read books before in my life. As a um, kid, I really like reading the series of Unfortunate Events. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that says about me as a kid, that I was the only book that it willingly, I was like, I'll read this. I like yeah. this, this shit. Yeah. I was a big reader when I was little. And then as I got older, comic books. That's it. Um, mm. I would love to write a book, especially with these type of ones, like the NES works and all that type of stuff. I don't think I got it in me, though. I don't think I'm the no? right guy for that. I mean, I love Smash Brothers. I love Amplitude. I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Am I really going to write a book about that? Do I have anything to say that people give a shit about? I don't know. Hear me out. Spirits by Tim Geddes. It's just a book about spirits. Yeah. Your spirit you know? experience. Why spirits are special. Mm-hmm. The coolest mm-hmm. spirits in Smash Brothers. Yeah. Get in your the bag. Grinch. Get into the Grinch theory. Actually explain why it was a, va- it was a valid theory. That's just- what it is. That's- <laughs> I want to write an entire book about the Grinch theory <laughs> and why. Hey. We're this close, everybody. We're this close. I, I, um, friend of the show, Chris Scolian, who works for Video Games Chronicle, he actually writes a lot of video game encyclopedias. And he recently, he's in the process, I think, of putting out the his N64 encyclopedia. Uh, and I'm trying to get my hands on it because uh, it seems really cool. Like, that is the kind of thing that I will, I'll sit through and, like, oh, yeah, read through pages of that. Because, like, 
you know, fiction isn't necessarily my jam. Give me something nonfiction. Give me like I when uh we were at this when we did the studio visit not too long ago with the whole crew. One of the, uh, the things I think Greg brought to give to Barrett was like an old school gaming magazine from like 1999 or some shit. Uh, and I sat there and I just paged through every single oh, page. That's great. Was that and I was like, me? man. One of them's <laughs> what, for you. One of them. The, game, for you. the one with Darth Maul on it. The game fan oh, issue. I didn't realize that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I paged through all of it. I was like, dude, if I had the time, I'll just sit here and read every single page of this thing. Like, those are the type of that's the type of shit that I like to read. Hell yeah, it's the fucking nerdy ass encyclopedic shit. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Story number seven: Sega has announced its first blockchain game. This comes from Chris Scolian. Speaking of Chris Scolian, Chris Scolian at VGC. Sega has announced a partnership that will see the development of the first blockchain game using its IP. As, as reported by 4Gamer, uh, the deal with Japanese blockchain company Double Jump Tokyo will result in the development of a new game based on Sega's popular Sangokushi Tyson series. Sangokushi Tyson is a real-time strategy game which is mostly played in Japanese arcades and sees players collecting physical cards which they can then place uh, on the playing area to make them appear in the game. The new title, which will be developed by Double Jump Tokyo, which Sega lended the use of its IP, will use blockchain technology, but it's not yet made clear as to how this will work, though it may involve using using it to record the ownership of each card. All right. All right. You know. I ain't got nothing to say about this. I know. Legitimately nothing. It is a bummer. And especially, like, our boy doesn't need more losses, bless. You know? Of course. Our boy being Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's a bummer because like this is the first step to him mm-hmm. to them putting out the Sonic the Hedgehog NFT game because you know it's coming. You yeah. play Forces. We got to create mm-hmm. our own Hedgehog and Force. You you think right now Sega isn't figuring out the million, maybe the billion dollar idea of hey, customizable NFT OCs. hedgehogs, OC NFTs that you make yourself and you NFT them yourselves and you get oh, to play as that NFT. Fuck. Bless. See, that's how they're going to start. But you know how they're really going to make their millions? Oh, no. NFT chows. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're going to fuck up people's days. You know people are going to fall for it, too. It's it's upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting. God, so many divorces are about to happen. <laughs> stop with the blockchains. Stop with the NFTs. I think that's the take. Mm-hmm. Story number eight. Uh, Xbox Games with Gold is cutting back monthly games. This is Owen S. Good at Polygon. With Xbox 360 games retired from Xbox Live Games with Gold, Microsoft is now offering subscribers just two titles per month for Xbox One and later hardware. And if you don't recognize October's titles, well, you're not alone. Next month, Games with Gold will be giving out Windbound and Bomber Crew Deluxe Edition, which I'll pause there and say I have heard of Windbound. That's the Zelda-looking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Windbound and Bomber Crew Deluxe Edition are Xbox One titles playable on Xbox Series X. Windbound is available from October 1st to October 31st, whereas Bomber Crew is available October 16th through November 15th. In addition to these games, subscribers can still get three of September's games with gold, Gods Will Fall for Xbox One, and Portal 2 for Xbox Xbox 360 until September 30th, and Double Kick Heroes for Xbox One until October 15th. All right. Portal 2, man. What a game. What a game. Dude, I know you you saw the Portal 1, um, the remaster. RTX. Yeah, the RTX remaster that they're they're putting out. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'll the play hell out of that. The hell out of that. It's yeah, like Portal's the game that I play once every couple of years, and I think that it is officially the longest I've went without replaying Portal One. So I'm mm. this is perfect timing. Yeah, Portal One is in that it's in the Mirror's Edge camp for me where you put out a release of it, I'm gonna play it. Like Mirror's Edge on any con any new console I'm getting, if I can pick up Mirror's Edge, 
I'm playing Mirror's Edge. It was the first thing I played when I got my Xbox One. First thing I played when I got my Xbox Series X, right? Like, I, oh, that yeah. is my that is my test for okay. Comfort let's, food. Let's my comfort food, but also like let's see what 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 this console does to this game that I absolutely love. Portal is another one of those where you put out another release of, release of Portal, I'm gonna play it, right? Like it's such a playable such such a playable game, but then also such a fun game, such a classic, such a uh, an excellent game for revisiting. Also, like it never gets old. And yep. so I'm all about this. And yeah, with Portal 2, I want them to do some some sort of re-release of Portal 2. I'll love a a collection on modern consoles. Give me the Portal 1 plus 2 director's cut. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like on Switch, it probably looks the exact same as it on PS3, if not worse. It, it does, <laughs> but it runs really surprisingly well for the Switch. Yeah. Put it on Steam Deck. You know, a, a platform it's that's actually going to elevate Deck, it because it's on Steam. Bliss. That's true. That is actually a really good point. It is <laughs> on Steam Deck because it is on Steam. About, but like, give it a fucking cool ass remaster is what I'm saying. Like, let me play it at like fucking crazy ass settings and like, make it look wonderful on Steam Deck. That's what I want. Story number nine to round out the Roper Report. Speaking of re-releases, Skyrim Anniversary Edition got a surprise release on Fuck Switch you. today. This comes from Ryan Lesson and no. IGN. Surprise! Skyrim Anniversary Edition just landed on Nintendo Switch. Nintendo has announced I'm I'm still laughing at the Portal 2 thing. I really can't just play it on my Steam Deck. Nintendo has announced that the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Anniversary Edition is available now on the Nintendo eShop. A nice uh, a nice surprise for fans who want to play the classic RPG on the move. Isn't it wild that we're now calling Skyrim a classic RPG? That doesn't feel right. I mean, damn. It has been 11 years and uh, like 15 releases. Yeah, of Skyrim. 11 years since 11, 11, 11. That's wild. Uh, quote, new quests, foes, weapons, and more await you in Tamriel, uh, said Nintendo via Twitter. Quote, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition is now out on hashtag Nintendo Switch. That, this is wild because this is the second time Skyrim has released on Switch. Yeah. They yeah. found a way to re-release they Skyrim They found a way, dude. Good Switch. for them. Good for them. I'm Very proud of them. I, yeah, at some point, they're going to remake the game, you know, and then we're just going to get a bunch of those re-releases good for you skyrim and then number six is going to come at some point at some point what game has been re-released more between skyrim and resident evil 4 i think at this point it has to be skyrim mm. because skyrim's playing that game of having the anniversary editions as well that's mm. just the normal ones whereas like i mean re4 I, did come out on a platform like the previous gen before skyrim so it's had more releases or yeah, more, you're right. More chances, I mean, to release on more platforms. But that's, I guess, you're adding two there because it's PS2 and GameCube. Yeah. That this would be missing out on. Because it came out on, it came out on those, came out on the Wii. I don't think, I don't think Skyrim was out on the Wii. You know what? You're right. It's probably it already four. Yeah. It's probably. slash you're wrong if you guys can do the data for us in like two minutes. Because they both have VR though. versions. Yeah is is uh re4 on switch yeah it is on switch okay uh-huh but not my two might be re my, my, this is like the what what uh exists more in the world between was it wheels and doors i feel like this is the video game version of that of like what what exists more with releases re4 or skyrim Imran, i think Im i'm going re4 imran tweeted something about that that inspired me what, what do you think you've done more jumped or punched in a video game jump fuck I don't even think that's a question. Well, when he says punched, like literally punched with my like fist, attack, like that doesn't like a, a, a attack, attack button because attack shooting, changes but... it. Mm -hmm. Like melee attack because that changes it because that I play games like it. in Bloodborne I can't jump, right? Exactly. Like in, there are a lot of action games where I can't jump. Exactly. That I'm fucking I'm hacking and slashing 
I'm yeah. pressing the the hell out of square. Whereas for jumps, if like jumps are more calculated. I'm not I'm not I'm not just tapping a jump button, right? Where I'm I'm tapping an attack button. I might go attack over jump for this one. I'm a jumpy boy. You are a jumpy boy, Tim. Mm-hmm. Tim, I can't wait to see the next time either Skyrim and or RE4 get released for a brand new platform. But that release is just so far away. It's not. We're getting an RE4 remake next year. If I want to know what's coming out tomorrow, I'm right. today. <laughs> Where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Brewmaster for PC, Dwarf Romantic for Switch, Let's Build a Zoo for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Moonbreaker for PC, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous for Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. That's a gnarly name right there, Wrath of the Righteous. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, We got Picross S8 for Switch, Valkyrie Elysium for PS5 and PS4, Bone Lab VR for PC, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak Title Update 2 for PC and Switch, Sam & Max Beyond Time and Space Remastered for PS4, From Space for PC, Switch, and Stadia, (laughs) RIP, Railgrade for PC and Switch, Carl for everything. That is Carl with like, it's like an acronym. C-A-R-L is out today for everything. Uh, Crossroads in for Switch. Let's build a zoo for everything. Martian Panic for Switch. Path. I already said Pathfinder, right, right, Wrath of the Righteous. You and then also Undundan. already said uh, Let's build a zoo as well. Did I? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Some of these are copies. That's why yesterday I was trying to figure out like a better source to compile stuff. Because like I go to four different websites to figure out what this list is going to be. So I do, I might some copies every now and then and then undungeon is out today for everything uh and then also we got a new episode of kojima's podcast uh this comes from a tweet from jeff keely this week on brain structure a chat between hideo kojima and jordan peele a fascinating conversation about creativity defying audience expectations and jordan's favorite character from metal gear solid 2. i had to put that in here because that sounds rad yep. hell. hell yeah man i listened to the first episode and let me tell you i'm all the way in on this podcast it's the perfect length it's the uh, oh it's, dude it's like 20 minutes Oh, yeah. it's great. It's fantastic stuff. Can't Highly recommend people check it out. Yeah. Sakura's YouTube channel as well, Bless. I don't know if you've been watching. Oh, no, I've not gotten to it yet. It's great. All right, I got to put that up. Uh, new dates for you. Scorn, the upcoming HR Geiger-inspired puzzle adventure, is coming out earlier than expected. The game will now release on October 14th instead of October 21st. And then Vampire Survivors version 1.0 is releasing on October 20th deal of the day for you fallout 76 oh sorry uh prime gaming october free games lineup is up you are getting fallout 76 total war warhammer 2 middle earth shadow of war glass masquerade origins and loom not doom loom now it's time for catafunny.com so that's your wrong rewrite it and let us know what we got wrong that's like that was honestly what i was doing that because i was trying to build time for me to open up your wrong right if you ever see me just stalling like that that's because i'm doing a, a thing right that's that or slack thing. notifications yeah, I gotta figure out how to get back into PS. I love you. Um, let's see here. And you're wrong. Will you let us know what you got wrong? Is it going wrong? Nano says Uncharted comes out on October 19th for PC. Uh, editorializing. Uh, Triforce says Skyrim is not on the Wii. And then, oh man, okay. The Portland Kevin says Blessing said he can't jump in Bloodborne, but it is possible to jump by sprinting and double tapping the dodge button. It is how you reach a number of secret areas in the game. That's a good point. I'll give you that. It's but not like a traditional jump. Doing that, though? Uh, if I'm trying to rush a place, I do it often, actually. If I'm trying to rush to a destination and I'm trying to dodge enemies, I'll, I'll do it quite often. 
Uh, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me and Tim. If you're watching this live on YouTube right now, after this, over on Twitch is a Kind of Funny Town Hall featuring Tim, Greg, and Joey talking about a bunch of changes coming to Kind of Funny. Uh, YouTube.com is Kind of Funny and YouTube.com is Kind of Funny Games and Patreon.com slash both. And so it is a must watch. Tune in. That's happening if you're watching live in five minutes on Twitch. If you're not watching live, for sure, check it out. It'll be on all our YouTube channels, I imagine. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. tune into that. Very important stuff. Very good stuff. Very exciting. Exciting stuff. stuff. Go over, hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games pretty much right now. Hell yeah. Uh, remember, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.